everybody, welcome back to the Mighty Thorcast. My name is Ed. And I'm Terry. Terry and I get together. Um, sorry for you guys that have listened to this before. You, you hear this almost exact same thing, but this is for those people who this might be their first episode. Um, for all you firsties out there, I guess that's what you're called. I have no idea. In, in Newbies. Podcast land. Yeah, and, well, I, I've kind of got this personal thing. I don't like the word noob or anything oh, okay. associated with it. Proby? Our, well, Proby's not bad. Okay. But, yeah, our, our, our sons have just worn out that concept of noob, and it has no positive connotations left anymore. It's a horrible, terrible, despicable thing to be a noob. So, today. Nowadays. So, anyways. Um, Terry and I uh, try to get together probably every couple weeks, because that's about when the book comes out. I think they're they're back on a semi-regular schedule. And uh, talk about Marvel Universe's Thor character. And, um, actually, we've been talking a lot about Loki, because mm-hmm. he's who's in the other book, really. Not too much Thor. But um, we talk about the... Uh, the the Marvel Thor books, Journey into Mystery and Mighty Thor, are the two current ones. And uh, we've been talking about the Mighty Thor from 1966. So what we do is we usually talk about two of the old issues and one new every episode. So uh, we're a spoiler podcast. If you haven't read the newest one, this isn't really today. I don't think it's the newest, newest one. I think it's the one before newest one. Yeah, this this one I think is a month old <laughs> yeah. still. So, but still, once once we get on track and better rotation, you might want to la 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 through the last part of the show. But we'll tell you when it's coming up. Yeah, because I know, like me, uh, my books come in once a month. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the Thor book that comes in, say, the first couple weeks. If I heard about it, it would be spoiling because I don't get to listen to read it until the first couple weeks of the next month. So and and I'm not sure I haven't paid attention to see what weeks these books come out but they are coming out now about every 2 weeks. Cool. I just don't know which which weeks. Um so this episode the uh, two old Thors the 1966 volume are issues 162 and 163. They were 12 cents a piece back then. Yeah. Wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> Wouldn't it be nice? Okay. Um and the new book is Journey into Mystery, um, last year's volume, 2011 volume, 632, which is right over a month old. I think this past week, the newest volume, the newest issue of Journey into Mystery came out, 633. So this one is about a month old, so everybody should have had a chance to read it, but maybe not. Either way, we'll let you know. So, uh, Starting with issue 162 of the old volume of Thor. Right, and this and this issue claims that it is Galactus Abornin. We just got through with a story arc that had Galactus and the planet Ego and our hero Thor and the Recorder all battling together and against each other. What is what is Abornin? Abornin. Do you know? It's being born. How how he originated? I guess. It's a Stanley word that he made up. Oh, okay. Okay. And on the front cover, we see a mighty Galactus out in the um, space, floating about. And we see a ship full of, looks like Asgardians warriors. We have Thor and Fandel and... Heimdall, uh, not Heimdall, uh, Hogum the Grim. Hogum the Grim, but... Is, and, and who's the guy in the, uh, in the in the antler hat? Yeah, that's Hogum. Hogum the Grim. That's Hogum the and Grim. Fandel. And Fandral. And then Volstog. Volstog. Bent down over here. And then. I don't know the others. These others, you know, may be somebody that we know, but you can't really tell. Yeah. And I, I assume that this must be Odin here holding his his cosmic rod. Uh, not in a sexy way. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. And uh, according to the, the, the. One of us is an expert and one of us is an amateur. Just been reading like for the last what year now? I can claim at least a year. Uh, yeah, of year, reading. year and a half maybe. Year and a half maybe. Yeah. According to the one who's the expert. Well, I'm not an formerly expert, known as Ed. But... Well, I guess now known as Ed. But anyway, according to Ed, this is not really the origin of Galactus, but this is the origin that Stanley has chosen to put in this mighty Thor book today. I have never heard or seen this origin. As far as I know, the origin that they go by now 
is not this one. This is not how it happened. So, you know, I don't know if if we ever will find out where this story came from or if Mm -hmm. this just gets dropped or plus two, honestly, if you ever, ever, ever want to know anything about Galactus. Read the Fantastic Four. Okay. That he, I mean, he is their major villain, and mm-hmm. and we've just borrowed him. Yeah, all the development of who and what he is, and everything, it always happens over in Fantastic Four. Okay. Anything you see anywhere else, you're always like, well, let me ask Reed Richards and see what he says because he's the Galactus expert. Okay. So, so we start out with Thor and the Recorder. flying through space they have just finished helping ego defeat galactus and they are now trying to get home and ego has given them a little boost from his mega powers that he has and even though they're glad that this is you know that they have driven galactus back thor is still worried because if galactus is still there then galactus is still a threat and this is a Smiling Stanley and Jolly Jack Kirby production with embellishments by Vince Coletta and lettering by Sam Rosen. And we immediately open the book to another two-page spread by Kirby of a magnificent orbiting satellite spheres of Rigel. On the first page down here at the bottom, you see what, how they describe it. Another double-page Kirby, Spacerama. Space around. Space and it's one word. There's no hyphen. No hyphen. Hey. I know. There are some hyphenated words today, though, and we will share them with you. There are. But the recorder says, within spatial seconds, we are entering the world of the colonizers because ego is just so strong. And Thor's like, I can see why you have never been successfully attacked because he's trying to dodge the satellites trying to get back to the planet. They're everywhere. Because they're everywhere. Yeah. There's just great numbers of them. Thank you. Jack Kirby. They, they didn't, I, I don't know, couldn't really make out exactly what that was last issue. Mm-hmm. But in these, it's like, yeah, they're just like space, almost like space junk, mm-hmm. just everywhere. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's it's no wonder that, uh, like you said, that Galactus wasn't able to see it if they turn all those things on. I know. So, good, good little force field there. Yeah. So, the central hub of Rigel draws um, Thor and the recorder in because that is where the high commissioner is residing at the moment and they have to go back and the recorder has to check in with his commander and tell him what's going on. It's a nice big space station by the way. They're not going to the planet. They're still out in space. It's It's a big station orbiting. And they get lauded for their valor and their honor and the high commissioner tells the recorder to be prepared to be downloaded that um it, they need to have all his memory banks so that they can see everything that happened. And Thor gets angry because he feels that the recorder is going to be shut down. And he feels the recorder has earned well, that it's, it's, the respect and that... Um, it's living. He, and that he, he is now a living. Alive. He feels that it's not just a machine. And the commissioner is like, you know he's just a machine. And Thor's like, you know, he's more than that. I've seen him in battle. And, and he's more than that. And the commissioner says, oh, Thor, you're very wise. Okay, we'll let him live. Yeah. <laughs> fine, fine. Fine, fine, fine. That's, you know, so you, probably... you, you did help us, you know, save our planet. You can have this one little concession here. We'll let the recorder go. They have a million of them. We'll I let know. That and and probably okay. once Thor leaves, they'll turn him off. Yeah, really? You know. Okay, go ahead. He's... Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. He's gone now. And that's what he says. Everybody stand back because i got to leave now. And he swirled, swirls, he twirls, I don't know, neither one of them sound good for a manly man, swirling and twirling, but he, yeah. he uh, uses Molnir and manages to whip it around fast enough to create a mystic spell to which he can travel to Asgard. And he gets there and Hemdall's there and says, come on, the Sovereign Sire is waiting on you. And Thor's like, let me tell you what happened. He's like, there's no need for words. We already know what's happened. And um, Odin has told us all about it, and, we're, and he's ready to talk to you. It's a rather humorous little thing, because Fandral and Volstag are there. Engram? Hogan? Hogan, uh, yeah. Is this Hogan back here? Sorry, I'm, I'm... Yeah, it's Hogan back there. Lagging a bit. Let That's me okay. See. Hogan's um, in the background. Yes. His little horny hat he, on. He reminds me of a... Uh, 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 the the Japanese barbarian yeah. dude. Um, yeah. 
uh, um, Attila, um, Genghis Khan. Genghis Khan. Somebody yeah. from the Genghis Khan Attila yeah, era, era yeah. with and the dress. with the the mace and the the furry hat with the horns, horns. and he looks slightly yeah. oriental. Yeah. So it's like, oh, cool. So there were oriental Asgardians from cool. the sure. steppes of Nepal. Sure. Awesome. So um, Fandral gives Thor lift on the hor- on his horse and. Poor little Volstagg's horse is, is just so labored down that he can't hardly walk because yeah. Volstagg is so huge. And Volstagg's like, I'm, I'm holding him back so he doesn't trample you. That's all it is. I'm almost surprised they don't have some other kind of four-legged beast for him to ride. I know. You would think ride. that they would give, some, give him some big old so, thing like from, from Star Wars. Yeah. You know, one of those big things that yeah. spit. Almost like, like a camel. Really, you have access to all this and the best you can do for him to ride is it's a, a horse. horse. Yeah. And so, yeah. And here we have a beautiful half-page rendition of the way Jack Kirby views Asgard. It's very colorful, very colorful. It's rather garish almost. But uh, as they're as they're heading towards Asgard, as they're heading to go into the gates, he says he Thor's like, why can't I free myself of the sense of unease? I don't understand. And the other his friends are picking up on that feeling that there's something wrong and and they ask him you know what's what's wrong and thor's like well where's balder and they tell him that he seems to be in a melancholy mood of late and isn't been running around with them yeah, very much nobody's really seen him too much but first before before they go to seek balder and and see what's wrong with him cuz thor wants to check on him he says he has to go to the astro chamber to meet with Odin. Yes, and, and it, it's what? It's hyphenated. It's hyphenated. We missed another one up here we didn't mention. Uh, let me go back and, and get to it up here. Um, when they first land on the space station of Rigel, which also, let me mention, that page is a full page of two talking heads, mm-hmm. Cannonile and the Supreme Leader, whatever. And, and it is just, it's cool. Um, at the top, though, they use the word Porta Communa Screen. Hyphenated word. Porta is one half. Communa screen is all the other part of the hyphen word. Mm-hmm. So, so that was that was a, another hyphenated word. And I don't know. We might have had them in the other issues, but boy, it really sprang to mind last episode. Yeah, when we were. It really did. I think there were more. Sixty one sixty and one sixty one. I think. I think there were more than we've ever had. Yeah, before. they just seemed everywhere yeah. that they were making these big eight syllable hyphenated words. So now. Of course, we're kind of sensitive to them, and we see them all over the place. <laughs> and they're usually nonsensical. It's like you really have to think about them to try to picture what they are. Porto, Porto communiscreen. Communiscreen. Okay, it's a no. portable communication television screen. Well, like Astro Chamber. Okay, that kind of... Uh, okay, you know, that one's not as bad. But, yeah, so... I don't know. Anyways. Anyway. So when they get inside the gates of Asgard, they are met by the cosmic counselor to the realm, and stopped. He said that he has been uh, he has been told by Odin to watch this cosmic battle with Galactus, and he says, "Thor, we're still in danger because he's still out there, and we have to learn where Galactus came from." So he's going to set in motion the spatial screen. And he says, now if Odin will grant me leave, but here comes Odin himself yes. coming out to see. And we have a full page. Oh, man. Of full one page head. I mean, just... Of the Odin head. Yeah. And the top part of his chest with his, what did you call it when we first started out on the front page? The, the, uh, the, the. His, uh, something rod, I uh-huh, call his, it. Uh-huh. His cosmic rod. His cosmic rod in his yes. hand. Not in a sexy way. Not in a sexy way. Um, I was going to say, oh, what is it all of a sudden about whole pages just having a head on them? I don't know. Apparently, Jack likes the head. To draw them. Yes. 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 Um, did we see that too much last issue? I think it popped up a couple times last well, issue. Well, yeah, it had but, to because we had Ego, the planet, which is just one big head. But now, all of a sudden, everybody, there's not room. He's not drawing room. He's just drawing their head yeah. and maybe just a little bit of their chest mm-hmm. so you know it's like not just a big floating head. But full page spreads I'm of just you. a head. I'm and, telling you. And uh, on Odin this time, it looks like maybe uh, partially down his, yeah, yeah. down his chest here yeah. with his armor, although it's not armor, his uh, 
ornamental uh, regalia. Yeah, and and he's got this big helmet that even comes down under his chin. He's big, blue-eyed. Being Scandinavian, uh-huh. of course. Uh, white, bushy eyebrows. Which need to be trimmed back. Musta- yeah, mustache and beard, long uh-huh. flowing beard under the bottom part of this this gauntlet that he has on his head mm-hmm. with big horn, like double or triple even kind of horns going out in all directions. And yeah, just I wonder how long he sat there yeah, it's very, drawing this, this head. It's very, very detailed. Very detailed. And he bids Thor welcome, but he tells him that even though he fared well against Galactus, the battle has not ended. And he tell, they have all, of course, genuflected to him because he is the All-Father. And he tells them all, get up. We have work to do. Come on. We need to illumine the spatial screen, and we need to look upon the power of Galactus. Good word, by the way. Thank you. And they watch as he 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 manages to, to focus in on some time and they see where galactus has destroyed a planet shatters a world yeah i guess this is now i guess yeah. they're watching him do now. something now mm-hmm. and he says even as we watch the holocaust the survivors flee because galactus has destroyed their world and he's feeding he says but we need to know who he is we need to know where he came from so that we can fight him and learn what to do so he uses his Power scepter, that's what he calls mm. it. And he uses okay, it to capture time and bend it so that they can look back in the back past in time. Sun. Yeah. And they see that Galactus has vanished and in his place a planet spins. That's where he first attacked. And they look, they're looking down beneath the, the, the planet's surface. They're going even closer and closer and closer. And they see that it is a rather advanced mm-hmm. city of much metal and and technology free just technology free architecture the kind that you see in the more sci-fi things where they have learned how to balance very yeah. tall buildings on right. very small you know spaces and they're looking at that and they're wondering why it suffered such a fate there had to be a reason cuz it looks all melted well almost uh, and and you just get the sense that it was just like um, a blast, an instant blast, and it was done. Yeah, there, there's nothing left. Yeah, if, if there was anybody there, they've left, mm-hmm. or you know, I mean, it, it was just like left in this state that mm-hmm. they're looking at it, and it's not like destroyed. It just it, it does bear some semblance to what it was, but something happened, like a big blast that kind just of melted time. or something. Yeah, it, it mm-hmm. looks yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Odin uses his power scepter and goes back even further in time because he wants to see where Galactus was born. And uh, as they're watching, they see this great battle. And what it is, the battle is the planet that they have just been looking at, Galactus's home planet, and they see it being um, attacked by some outer space ships. And they are preparing for the final conquest because they see a strange object that's that's hovering above their planet, and it contains a newborn life form. And they they are they're worried about that, and they said that we must destroy it. So they unlock the fateful another hyphenated word, incuba cell, because whatever it may contain cannot harm us as much as the fleet overhead. Now, that right there tells you that it's going to harm them more than anything else in the world could. Well, it must be pretty nasty. Because if... they're saying, it won't hurt us. That's the famous last word. Right, yeah, that's yes. yeah. foreshadowing. Yes. As, yeah. And they open up the incuba cell, and lo and behold, there's Galactus, saying, my incubation period is ended, and I live. And as he comes out, he's like, I don't know who you are. I don't know who they are, but I'm going to destroy all of you because I need your energy or I will perish. I'm hungry. I'm hungry. Been in that little box for a long time. Yep. So he not only destroys their enemy, he also destroys them. Right. So that he can have their energy so that he may live on. And um, Odin is like, I've seen enough now. And Thor's like, but there's one thing that, that remains clear that even though we don't, you know, the mystery is still there. He has more power than you have. And I think that kind of uh, uh, ticks Odin off a little. It doesn't really anger him, but he's like, thou speakest with the tongue of youth. Yeah, that doesn't sit with him too well. Yeah. And he leaves. He leaves the room, and they're like, um, okay, bye. (laughs) 
and they start talking about Galactus and what they're going to do. And Volsteg's like, well, I'll go prepare. I can't have an empty stomach, though. I have to go eat. Volstag. Yeah, Volstag. Yeah. Always have We're going to go, go fight. We need to eat first. Yep. <laughs> and and they're, as they're standing around talking, um, Thor's like, well, I need to go talk to Balder. I'm I'm still concerned about him. And the little counselor dude's like, but I'm not through talking to you, Thor. You have to stay for a moment. And he's like, Thor's like, what? What's troubled you? He said, Galactus is still far away, but another threat looms closer. I have sensed great danger from the planet Earth. And in your absence, the goddess Sif went to find out the cause, and we've heard nothing from her. So then we we kind of go over to Baldur's living quarters, and he's there in his bed in much agony because he cannot quit thinking about Carnilla. She has used her Norn Queen powers to put a spell on him that makes him not be able to get her out of his mind. And he's afraid that he, perhaps he has fallen in love with her. Really? Do you think it's something she did? I didn't. I, did, I think so. I, I think it's just him that he's just smitten with her and can't get her out of his mind. I, okay. I really, I really don't think that she has done anything. Yeah, some kind of love spell or well, something. Later on, though, she says something. Okay, well, we'll we'll see okay. here. Maybe, maybe I missed okay. something. So he's saying the only thing that can help me forget about her is to go into battle. I need the God of Thunder. <laughs> I need, I need Thor. I need Thor to get my mind off of her. But. Thor is already on his way to Earth to find Sif. Right. Because he cannot stand the thought of his lovely, stunning Sif being in jeopardy. And no matter what the danger is, she must not face it alone. Well, she's down there all by herself, man. I know. And that's the end of this issue. Good stuff. I, the, here, the past couple or three issues, it's really kicked into the kind of stuff that I, I really remember enjoying about Thor. These big, big tales. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, you've got doesn't have to be out in space, but of course, if it's in space, it's automatically big with planets. Uh-huh. And, you know, so you've got Ego and you've got Galactus and this alien race and, and the Rigelians. And now well, and, he's back. And, and as we've said, we don't like it when Thor's just fighting regular human uh, beings. Yeah, foes. gangsters and Yeah, and stuff it just like doesn't that. work out too well for us. So we go on to issue 163 because we have to see what's happening with Sif. Yeah. She's gone down to Earth because there's some great big... Something, something threatening Earth. Something threatening down there. And she, which I didn't know that she was like that. Only because of Thor. About Only Earth. because she knows that Thor would want, hmm. because she knows that her love is, is, you know, concerned about Earth and Midgard and, and wants to take care of it. So she's just trying to do her girl-friendly duties and help him in any manner that she can. And we see this huge, huge figure in an orange trench coat on the front cover, and we're not sure who it is yet. But he has some minions behind him that look pretty um, trollish. Yeah. Dwarfish. Some, some kind of funky yep. creature. And it says, where dwell the demons? And it's got uh, Thor and Ball, uh, Sif. Sif. Sif, I'm sorry, on the, on the cover. So we open up and Thor's like, I have to find Sif. There has to be danger here on Earth. It must not strike that who I love. And this, of course, is Stan Lee, Jack Kirby, Vince Coletta, and Sam Rose in the Fantastic Four. And this splash page is of Thor standing on top of a building mm-hmm. holding what I think is a very small hammer. Yes, it's a proportionally small to the rest of his body. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what happened to it. I but. don't either. But I've never noticed the wings on his helmet being this detailed either, but they're quite... Uh, they do seem to have become larger. Yes. And, it's like the hammer got smaller, the wings on the helmet got larger. I, I don't know. Okay. You know, his hammer is smaller and his wings are bigger. Uh-huh. So sure he's on top means. of the building, and he's he can hear um, sirens in the air, and he senses an aura of deepest evil hanging like an unseen cloud. So he looks down, and he sees an armored convoy spreading through Yawn Street. I love Yawn. Yes? Remember this scene uh-huh. as we move forward three or uh-huh. four pages, because I have, I have a, a question. Okay. And he says, surely there's a cause for great alarm if all these armed... If this armed caravan's going down the street. And the soldiers in the caravan are hollering with their bullhorns, attention, attention, clear the streets, clear the streets. There's an emergency. Stay indoors. And Thor's like, I've heard enough. It sounds like something's wrong. Tis time to fly in. So he flies in. He says, I care not what awaits me as long as Sif be safe from harm. And the soldiers see him come and say, hey, it's Thor. I could, didn't I never believed he could fly with that far out hammer of his. I'm seeing it and I still don't believe it. So they slow down. And he descends in front of the soldiers. And he says, what's that? 
because when he lands, he sees this great glowing gold wall that is drawn in such a way that you know it's fluctuating. It's not just a like a pane of glass. It's a fluctuating power wall. Like, yeah, like energy. Like, energy wall. And they're telling him not to get too close. They have many um, canyony, like um, big guns. Yeah, yeah. Aimed at it. Cannons and and little and and hand uh, uh, portable infantry guns. Yeah. And, uh, and the soldiers got tanks. Are, and, yeah, they're all surrounding this wall, and they're saying, "No, don't get too close," because all we know is this is the site where the city atomic research center was, but now everything's vanished. And Thor's like, hmm, a strange whirling funnel composed of mystic, nameless forces. Surely this has attracted the attention of the goddess Sif. And they're like, you mean that strangely costumed female who was here one minute and then before our very eyes was whisked inside that thing? She was strikingly beautiful. And she said it was her duty to investigate. And her speech was as unusual and archaic as yours. And Thor goes, I'm sure that was Sif. So he decides he's going to try to get into the wall of energy. energy here. He says, hmm, Munir cannot breach the funnel. That's weird. He says, but I can sense something, and, it, and it's getting closer and closer and closer. So while he's standing in front of the force field waiting for it to draw him in, we go back to Asgard and we see Odin, who's standing on his balcony with a strange disquietude gripping his breast. Another good word. I'm telling you. For Galactus liveth still. Disquietude. Did you look to see if that's an actual word? No, I didn't. You, I just trusted him. You, you said you didn't think it was a real word when I'm you read it. I'm just trusting him. Mm. You know, you can't ask, you can't question. Dis- disquietude. You can't question Stan. Well, you can, but... It don't do you no good. And uh, Odin has sent for the Keeper of Antiquities because he wants to look in the Book of Ages. Yes, it is an actual word. Okay. A state of uneasiness or anxiety. Okay. And the Keeper of Antiquities is like, I don't know what you're looking for in this book about Galactus because, you know, everything we know we have learned from what you did with your power rod. And he said, I must learn the secret of the Incubosphere from which he was spawned. He wants to know about that little cube that Galactus came out of. So while he's looking into that, we go back to the wall of power where Thor's standing, and they're telling him, you're standing too close, you're standing too close. And he's like, Thor's like, I can see figures coming, and they're getting closer and closer, and they're slowly approaching, and the soldiers are like, just keep an eye on it, aim your guns at it, and wait for to see what Thor does. Okay, this one panel. Mm-hmm. See the big tube of energy mm-hmm. compared to the city? Mm-hmm. When he was standing on some rooftop anywhere in the city, how come he couldn't see that? I don't know. He should have been able to. Uh, you would think. Mm-hmm. Just stand on the roof and look around and, mm-hmm. oh, well, what is it? Mm-hmm. Okay. See, I, the, those two things didn't, didn't jive for me. He didn't know. He had to follow a caravan. Mm-hmm. And here's this... Big tube of energy that goes from the ground, probably three, four, five times taller than the highest building uh-huh. in the city. So I mean, it, you know, it's, it's like, pretty darn big. Why, well, how how could you not have seen that? I know. Okay. So while they're standing there, powerful powerful arms reach out and pull Thor <laughs> in, and they can't do anything about it. And he is Thor pulled into the energy on the other side of the energy wall is then. Laid down by a bunch of uh, men saying, you know, we've captured another, show him no mercy. And Thor looks up and they're all kind of dwarfish, humanoidal, but with disfigurement features. And he's like, what banner of beings are you? And one of them says, we are the mutates and you are doomed. And Thor's like, none shall threaten the god of thunder. And he shoves them all away. And they're like, but you've never met anyone like us before either. We have weapons that, since the day of the monstrous fire cloud that we've been gathering, so we have many great powers. And Thor's like, fine, then I shall not be gentle with you. I shall just fight you with all that I have. I won't hold back. I seek the noble goddess Sif, and she has been harmed. Then you shall all rue this day. Now bring her forth. And they're like, there is no wrath as deadly as the wrath of the mutates. And he sees Sis standing back behind, and she's being held captive by attractospheres, another hyphenated word. And it doesn't look like anything's actually holding her, so it must be some invisible force of power. 
I, I imagine like some sort of like almost magnetic force mm-hmm. that holds her hands to mm-hmm. the sphere and keeps her yeah. from getting away. And the leader of the mutates, who's the deadliest of all, is the one who comes after Thor. With a hammer. With a hammer. Says, none can match my power. And Thor says, save Thor. And he's got fingers for toes. Yes, he does. It's very, very different looking. He's very mutate. And the mutate calls him a smooth-skinned lone intruder. You with the form and features of the lowly human my people despise because you cannot fight. But the mutates live for battle and we attack and we destroy everything. And Thor says, so be it. Then I shall show you no mercy and surely you will perish. And so he, the, the mutate, I'm trying to think of what to call him, I'm sorry. The, the mutate says, you will be a prisoner of the unbreakable attractosphere. And Thor says, no, I won't. And he slams Mjolnir on the ground with a ptoom sound. Yes. And his weapon, the, the, the mutate's weapon is shattered by the shock wave. And he runs because now he's scared. And Thor turns to Sif and says, are you okay? And she's like, yes, I am. When you shattered the one, it shattered this power too, and I'm fine. Thank you for releasing the grateful lady. And Thor says, well, of course, because I love you. And and Sif says, I love you too. Moving on, moving on. (laughs) And they look around because they're in this new land back behind the force field, and they look around, and it's a bleak and barren world of woe containing mammoth caverns wherein countless weapons lie a-rotting as though to mock their long-dead makers. So they're on another planet that's been uh, kind of destroyed with war. Yeah, this one looks even worse than yeah, what the than where Galactus, Galactus came planet from. looked. Yeah. Yeah. And they, they look around and they see the remnants of the Earth Museum, the Atomic War Earth Museum, and they see posters of how regular people turned into mutates by the radiation and Thor's like, we're not just in an, we're not in another world. We're in another time. We stand in the future. And he says the, um, the, the group of mutates vanished. They're, they're not there anymore. And it's the, uh, they look down and they see a figure on the pavement. So they go down in front of the building that's still back behind the power force. And they go down to see who it is to see if maybe somebody else got trapped, you know, when the building was was taken and put in behind the force field. Yeah, this so, is the building that's missing from yes, the city. Yes, it's missing from the city. So they go down to see if this is somebody from Earth who's been kind of trapped there with the building. And Thor flies them down. And says, like, I, I don't think so. He has a strangely evil air. And they walk up upon him, and the man says, I knew you would come. I knew you would come as soon as I took Sif, and I'm just waiting for you to step into my trap. And Thor's like, I know you. I know you from somewhere. And the man says, I am Pluto, Lord of the Netherworld. We met Pluto back when um, he was tricking Hercules. Mm-hmm into being the master of the netherworld instead of him. He tricked him, and Thor came and helped Hercules, right. Hercules get out Thor of that. Yeah, and he got out of that because Pluto had said, if you can find one person that will help you, because everybody hated Hercules mm-hmm. on Mount Vesuvius. You know, so, he, so Pluto told him, told him, said, if you can find one man to help you, then then everything, you can leave, and I will be back down here, thinking he would never find anybody, and Thor came to his aid. So that's why Pluto hates Thor. Because that's how he ended up down there. It was because he stuck. helped Hercules. Yeah, he, he, stuck he, he got there. stuck down there. He he hope, was hoping mm-hmm. to get out of being the, the lord of the underworld. Yeah. And he got foiled. And he got foiled. And he's telling Thor, you know, you're truly doomed now. And Thor's like, we met once before. I won. I'll win again. And Sif's like, and I'm here. I'll help. And Pluto's like, have you forgotten that I have many, many powers? And I, I am more... None but Odin can be my equal, and even him I can destroy. And, you know, Thor doesn't make much mention of him saying that, but he noticed that him and Sif both, they are held and captured by the radiating energy coming out of Pluto, and they, then they realize that they have, he has slowed them down. They can't move very well. And Pluto tells him, you know, I've been thinking and plotting and devising a way to get out of where I'm at for ages, and I've been watching, and I saw the warlike mutates, um, humbling the remnants of the weary human race, and I figured that they would be perfect allies for me. So I've come in to their time in order to ally up with them. And his first act was re- to return to Earth to the research center where the greatest scientific 
secrets are kept and that happened to be the advanced science research center that was there in the city that got moved back behind the the force wall there and he's just he's explaining all this to thor while and he's holding them captive the wall we find out was eterna power eterna power so yeah. that's that's what the wall was created of and Pluto said that he knew that he had to somehow get Thor there because he knew he would be his greatest optical obstacle. So he captured the female Sif in order to get Thor there. And Thor's like, defend yourself. As long as the earth is menaced to thunder, God shall strike. In other words, shish with all the plat pratter. I want to uh, yeah. uh, move on yeah, to yeah, the let's battle. Go. Let's go. Let's go. You got me here. Let's go. You know. Yeah. And he says, it's not that simple. My... Uh, Loyal mutates were sworn to protect me, and I've conjured them weapons that cannot fail. And he manages to lay low Thor and Sif with his power ray energy ray that he was holding them captive in. And Pluto is in the next scene is standing there with all his mutates behind him, going, "Let us go! Let us go! We want to get! We want to kill more humans! Let us go! We want to! We want to put them under our our power! We want to crush them under our heel!" and and Pluto's like, yes, there's nothing that can stop us. Even the Asgardians, when they recover, it will be too late. And we have to hurry because it's almost too late for that one who lies asleep within the captured building. And he's kind of scared of whatever that is. And this is our first introduction to it because as Pluto is speaking, we get to look inside the building where no one is admitted. And there's this heavy metal coffiny thing opening up and we see a bandaged up humanoidal form and it says that it's soon to be revealed the final war and that's the end of this issue cool stuff man cool stuff so you read a little ahead what did you think of that character i i was kind of confused by him i've never okay. seen him before and i was like if he is who i think he is i i've, I've seen him before but I wasn't aware that he had ever played any part in this kind in of Thor. stuff. Mm -hmm. So, all right, our third and final book for the evening is the uh, uh, new volume, Journey to Mystery, issue six thirty-two. It bears a shattered heroes banner, and on the front uh, shows Loki. The cover: Loki kneeling over a box uh, that is on fire. And the box has holes in it, and through one of the holes you can see an eyeball. This was written by Kieran Gillen with art by Mitch Breitweiser. Um, color artist was Betty Breitweiser, who I'm has going to wife? go on a limb and say must be his wife. Lettered by Clayton Cowles. Um, the Breitweisers are new to us. Yes. Uh, Clayton Cowles. We've Very seen. different art. Very Kieran different. Gillen we, we know of too. So, uh, The splash page here is Loki uh, standing um, background of stars with Icol on his arm, uh, who is also talking. And they're relaying uh, basically the story up to now mm -hmm. of the past, I don't know. Uh, well, actually probably the past issues since this volume of Journey to Mystery has been going. Ending with the uh, Thor being killed to save the world tree. Yeah, the serpent uh, uh, war, I think they're called. I, I, I like the humor that um, Karen Gillan writes with. I like I like the uh, the lightness that he puts in to his books in a way. Because they're talking and Eichel's all dark. And Loki's like, lighten up. It's the holiday season. Time for eggnog and sugar plums and the traditional buttering of doorposts. And Eichel says, all will end in doom. And look, he goes, that's the spirit. That's the spirit. Yeah, there you go. Trying to be all light and happy in your call and doom. So the book uh, actually opens in, and they are officially using the word, Asgardia, which is near Broxton, Oklahoma. Uh, for those of you who may not know, Asgardia is the name of the new Asgard. Mm -hmm. So that's where we are, the uh, destroyed castle Asgard, which is being rebuilt into Asgardia. We've got uh, Volstagg, who is being beseeched by the Allmother uh, to play a part in something that they want. And he's tossing out all these um, cool uh, um, ideas of what they want him to do. Um, it's Christmas, by the way. Yeah, this is, their, this is a, a Christmas issue. Um, not 
uh, that would gather him much fame, basically, are these things that he's throwing out, these massive tasks, great things that he says, oh, well, you must want me to do this, and you must want me to do that. Well, things that would give him notoriety, like you want me to bring in all the traditional mead. Everybody loves the man who brings the beer. Yes. You know, oh, you don't want me to do that? Well, then you want me to bring the food. Everybody loves the man who brings the food. And they're like, no. He's like, oh, well, you want me to bring the wood for the fire? Everybody loves the man that keeps them warm. And they're like, no. no. They keep shooting him down. And so finally on the next page we see that basically they wanted him to play Santa to the kids of Broxton. Mm -hmm. So he's sitting here in a Santa outfit, but not with the hat. He's wearing Volstagg hat (laughs) with bells on it. Uh Uh-huh. Uh, handing out stuffed animals and um, Game Boys, Game Boys or PS3, something mm-hmm. like that, some kind of handheld thing, saying, you know, come, we have these wonderful toys, but I don't think these are going to do you any good if if some some things happen that normally happens around Asgard. I'm like, sure there will be a the great use when the trolls come to sit upon your family. Don't blame me when your house gets burned down. <laughs> yeah, so. Um, <laughs> Also in line, oddly enough, is Loki. Or he's not in line. He's sitting there watching, mm-hmm. standing there watching. And uh, some of the... Asgardian boys. Is, do you think they're Asgardian Yeah, because of the way they're dressed. Okay. They come up on him and start basically bullying him. Mm-hmm. And and he doesn't do anything. He he just lets it go. They give him a punch. A and sucker he, punch. Uh, well, no, he doesn't slink off. I'm sorry. Uh, we, we leave that and we go out... Uh, to the the outside world, outside of Asgardia, which I I guess this thing happening must be happening in Asgardia, Mm -hmm. bringing the Broxton people Mm -hmm. into Asgardia to try to uh, smooth things over Mm -hmm. for them. So out in the nearby caves um, where Leah's been left, left Leah, uh, Hela arrives uh, bearing a, uh, a box and... Leah's all excited because Hela's brought her a gift, but Hela says, no, this isn't for you. This is for Loki. And so Loki and Ikol, braving the winter night with uh, uh, snow flurries and snow on the ground and everything, uh, he goes to visit Leah. Take her a piece of cake. That uh, he offers to her, but says it still has a little bit of fluff on it, a little bit of lint on it from where he carried it, but you can pick that off. And she, um, he gets all excited when he sees her with the box, and 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 he says, "Oh, is it for me?" And she says, "Well, it's it's not from me." He said, "Well, whatever it is," and he grabs it and drops it. And when he drops it, it it kind of busts open with all this like flame leaping and bouncing around, like little mini fireballs or something. Mm-hmm. And a little letter tumbles out and and falls to his feet. So he goes to to pick up the letter and looks and he sees and what has dropped out of the box is this litter of fire-breathing pups that are now running around uh, screaming rather unpleasant things. One of them. The rest of them are the rest just of barking. Them don't, There's right. just one that's one that's, speaks. Yes. And and as he runs, he runs out of the cave and he screams death. And so Loki takes out after him because whatever it is, he knows that I, I probably don't want everybody to see whatever these are until I figure out what they are. And he runs out and gets it, and, and the same little one is running towards Asgardia, screaming, Death to Asgard, death. Murder, 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 murder. 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 Eat the Azir's hearts. I love this little puppy. <laughs> and consume the vet. And he gets tackled by Loki. So Loki grabs him up, and his last thing, uh, let's see. He wants to cock my leg on the rainbow bridge. Yeah, that's the last <laughs> thing he yells before Loki manages to get him back in the cave with the others. So he sits and he reads this letter, and, and of course this is the box that Hela brought out, uh, brought up. And in the letter he's reading that what what has occurred is back during the Serpent War, he went to hell, and he had to get past a hell hound. Uh, he had to get past, um, yeah, a hellhound, and he used his hell beast to fight the hellhound, and they fought, but after they fought, they didn't fight because the hell beast was male and the hellhound was female. Mm-hmm. 
Yes, and they have puppies. They had puppies. Fill in all the gaps that you need to. And so basically, <laughs> Hela has gathered up the pups because she doesn't want them, has sent them to Loki saying, this is yet another one of the problems you caused, Hamlet. Mm-hmm. And so now he has this box of hellhounds, basically, is what they are. Fire-breathing puppies. Um, Seven or eight. I'm, I'm not sure I didn't count exactly. Seven. But all of them are female, except one. Now, they all look alike. They mm-hmm. all look like the hellhound. But six of them are female hellhounds. The male is the biggest combination of the fell beast and the hellhound. And that's why, one, he can talk. And two, he has such a nasty disposition. Yes. He's the one that keeps spouting out, death to Asgard, murder, 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 going to kill you yeah. all. Yeah, he's the... And while they're standing in front of the All-Mother, he's going, foul hag queens. Yeah, he's, he's whispering all kinds of stuff. <laughs> he's just muttering under his breath. <laughs> so Loki goes to them and says, um... Help. <laughs> what do I do with these? Dungy womb women. Dungy womb women, yeah, it's funny. Uh, and sh- And they basically tell him, well, see if anybody wants them to take care just like we here on earth would have a litter of dogs we ask our friends actually now we put it on facebook Mm -hmm. and see if anybody wants puppies yeah to a good home so he goes and he gives now all of these that he's giving are the non-talking females Mm -hmm. he gives one to mephisto uh, he gives one to Gaia herself, mm-hmm. uh, one-third of the All-Mother. He takes one, and he gives one to the New Mutants because he wants to give it to Danny Moonstar. Okay, hang on a sec here. He wants to give one to Danny Moonstar, who is a New Mutant, which is one of the many groups of X-Men. The reason being, way back in the day, the New Mutants went to Asgard, Danny Moonstar became a Valkyrie, mm-hmm. but subsequently has lost her horse and has lost her powers, but physically she is still a Valkyrie. Mm-hmm. So in times of need, the Valkyrie, Val- uh, Valkyor have helped her and whatnot. So she like, is a um, an adopted Asgardian, because actually she's Native American is what mm-hmm. she is. She's uh, Apache. I think. So that's why, even though it doesn't look like it, if you don't know, the X-Men, what does that have to do with Asgard? That's where the Asgardian connection, because everybody else is connected to Asgard in some way. Uh, he gives one to um, Heimdall. Mm-hmm. He gives one to Tyr. And the last uh, female they put on the Internet. For I like, put on Facebook for like kids <laughs> to see, yeah. And and he he, um, to, actually he puts it on Tumblr is yeah. what it is, charted by Tumblr scribes. So, um, so now he goes back to the All Mother and says, "Okay, um, I've gotten rid of six of them, and I still have this one left, but this one." is the meanest, nastiest of them. What do mm-hmm. I do with them? And to kind of emphasize, as he's standing there talking to the All-Mother, the dog that he's holding, the the wolf, uh, says, bastard, 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 mm-hmm. uh, to signify how nasty it is. And he thinks, uh, I think, what happens here, about all the ways that these others could go wrong mm-hmm. to the people that he's given them. And then he he's thinking, well... Could I give this one to them, one of the ones I've already given away, and like switch it and take one of the even-tempered ones and give this nasty one? And in imagining that, he imagines how the nasty one would treat all of these six uh-huh. and finally comes to the conclusion, well, no, I can't try to switch them out or anything. I'm, I'm just, right now, I'm kind of stuck with this one. And basically, that's what the All-Mother tells him. You've done good. You've given all of the ones away that... that you know, people want. You have this last one uh, that needs to be something done with. You take care of it. Make it your dog. You adopt it. Actually, I think it. they want him to uh, kill oh, it. Oh, they want him to kill it. I'm they sorry. They want him to kill it. Yeah, because it is nasty mm-hmm. and, and nobody wants it. Yeah. And then he, in the Christmas spirit, of course, uh, what they were going to do is he was going to throw it into the base of the world tree. Yeah, he was going to turn it back to where where first it came. Eichel said there will be no pain. He won't know anything. Yeah, it would it would just be, be broken down and mm-hmm. yeah. And finally, he decides. Well, no, I can't do that. I'm not going to kill Thori. 
And Icole says, Thory? Thory? He said, his name is Thory. And he's a good dog. And you know how to fetch. Kill you. I'll take I'll that take as, that as a no. no. And he's uh, leading the dog going back to see Leah. And as he's going down the stairway, uh, the, the dog notices that Leah's cooking and runs down yelling, meat. <laughs> yeah. Because he's going to be able to eat, he thinks. And Loki and, and Leah have this boyfriendy girlfriendy thing going on where she wants to be the girlfriend and i don't think really loki has caught on that that's what no, she wants i don't think so uh he's treating her like one of his uh eight-year-old boyfriends yeah you know Buds. just a couple boys just mm-hmm. and and she wants it to be more like the 15 or 16 year old girl and boy mm-hmm. kind of friends and so he comes in and says well you know, I have a present for you. And she says, "If you say it's friendship, I'm gonna beat you." And he's like, "Well, well, no, that's not what it is." And she says, "Well, what is it?" And he says, "A yuletide fist." And he punches her, which is what the boys like did to the him. Boys did to him when he Santa. was watching uh, Volstagg. And she gets all fussy and and kind of fries him with her death energy. Mm-hmm. And even the and, pup is like yeah, respectful, scary girl. Yeah, the pup <laughs> the pup runs out with him and says, "Scary girl." And Loki's laying there, you know, brushing off, picking off part of the food that she was cooking, where she just exploded everything in the cave. And he says, "See, now we're bonding." Mm-hmm. Loki and Thori, a boy and his dog, <laughs> and Thori says, "Not Thori, Death Ripper." Loki says, "Thori." Not to be confused, uh, entrail gargler. No, you're Thori. The death that prowls on four legs. Thori now sees you're yapping and eating. He throws some meat he throws into his some mouth. meat at him. I'm going to kill you. <laughs> no, you're not. You're going to be a good boy. And he turns his back on him. And he uh, jumps as, up and grabs his arm. <laughs> as he says the last thing here in the comic. And the dog attacks him from behind, mm-hmm. basically. Uh, but that whole thing about the names and everything, that reminds me of the Doctor Who, Stormageddon, uh-huh. Lord of All. Uh-huh. Uh, it's, it's that kind of thing. My favorite is the Death That Prowls on Four Legs. I, I, like I don't that I like Entrail. Gargler. Gargler. <laughs> I kind of like that. So, and, and that's the he end wants of to the, be big and bad. Thori is too wimpy. That's the end of the, the book. The last panel shows... Uh, uh, Leah has come out of the what's cave. The, what's the bird's name? Loki, Icole. Icole, uh, in the foreground on a branch. Loki kind of wrestling with the dog that is latched onto his arm, and Leah coming out of the cave to talk to him, probably to apologize for uh, going off see what's off going the on, because the dog's probably making a lot of noise while he's attacking. So, and, and thus ends the um, holiday issue of the current volume of Journey into Mystery. Now, do have one little piece of feedback here. want to get out there and thank uh, folks for. We got an iTunes review says, I'm really just echoing the other post, but I would really recommend that anyone interested in Thor or comics in general give this a listen. It's not too long, and they stick to the subject material throughout, so I think one would find it relatively easy to listen and even catch up on the archives. Keep up the great work. And that was from uh, the username MonogFam. So thank you, MonogFam. We appreciate the, the positive words there for us. Uh do want to thank, uh, of course, Monog Fam for the feedback and Mr. Derek Coward for all his help with the uh, posting and the behind the scenes, the web page and everything like that of the podcast. If you do want to send us some feedback, um, like Monog Fam did, you can leave an iTunes review like he, she, they did, uh, whatever it is, turns out to be. Uh, we also have a page on Google Plus, the Mighty Thorcast, a page on Facebook. Uh, fan page, The Mighty Thorcast. The website for the shows is comicbooknoise.com slash Thor. Uh, Comic Book Noise has a whole bunch of other comic book related podcasts, and it is part of the Deliberate Noise Network, which has a whole bunch of podcasts, period. Um, all of it is run by Mr. Coward, and there's probably 50 or 60 active podcasts under the Deliberate Noise banner, counting all the comic book related ones. Uh, something for just about everyone. Except a dead person. I don't think yeah. we have any like necrophilia podcasts no. or anything like that. So, the uh, email for us at the at the show here is the Mighty Thor Podcast at gmail dot com. 
So uh, if you prefer uh, email to, to send us some kind of feedback, you can do it that way. Uh, next episode, we have on tap the... 1966 volume, The Mighty Thor, issues 160 and 161, and the 2011 volume of Mighty Thor, issue 8, which is the most recent issue. Mm-hmm. Nine has not come out yet, so uh, that one, when we get to it, may definitely be spoiling people because yes. nine isn't out. So that's what we have up for next episode, if anybody wants to read ahead. Um I already have my issue eight. My order has come in, and that was in there, so that's good. And I I think that's all we have uh, lined up for this episode, Terry. I do believe. Anything else? Okay. It's a good set of books today. I I, I like the uh, the older books. I, I think they're and the new one. I like that bit of humor. And, uh, yeah, uh, I like puppies. It it won't even mean puppies. Won't carry over as far as we know. I would right. like it to. Mm-hmm. Um, like I was telling you. That dog has such potential. Yes. If it really became a companion of Loki's, mm-hmm. that would be his foil. Icole would be his conscience, mm-hmm. and Loki. Mm-hmm. He would be that would be like the good angel, bad angel, mm-hmm. almost, and s- such potential if if they're going to use that. So, but we don't know. We we've read the most recent issue, and I don't believe the dog was in there. No. But it might take it a little while. To, to get to somewhere where they can incorporate it. We'll see. Uh, if not, we can always write a letter and say, hey. Hey, where's the dog? Where's, where's uh, Entrail Gargler? Entrail Gargler. Yeah. <laughs> so thanks a lot, guys, for tuning in and, and uh, listening and downloading. We appreciate it, and we'll uh, see you again next time. Bye. This is a Teal Production.